Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. What an honor it is to be. We, we got to spend a, week, uh, a day with the staff this week uh, and just teaching the staff here. Y'all have got a phenomenal group of young staff members, up and comers. I'm telling you. Come on, give it up for your staff, Joseph, Amy, all the team. Just amazing. And we're honored to be here. And uh, I'll give you just a little, little history. Of course, we've been serving here. When Dr. Scott, I, I whispered to Heidi, when we say 20 years, but when you say two decades, that sounds a lot longer. Two decades. And I go, baby, we are old. And so we have. We've, we've came when the church was a year and a half old. And Pastor Jacob, who I've known, Heidi and I have known, he and Michelle for 35 years, about 35. And when he called and said, would y'all come? I started this church in Broussard. I've never been a pastor. Heidi and I had been senior pastors for about five years when he called and uh, said, would y'all come? And of course, I won't give you all the details of that story. Of course, y'all know Pastor Jacob, right? Persistence is his spiritual gift. He just stays at it. And I was like, no, he said, I want y'all to pray and fast about coming. Move from Houston, move your family, come help us with this church. Come help Michelle and I. I said, well, we're not coming. He said, pray, promise me you'll pray and fast. And I said, look, if you want us to come, you need to pray and fast. I'm not skipping any meals. Anybody with me? Any lazy Christians in the house like me? And so, we, so of course, you don't know the rest of the story. And when we came in that first service, we'd never been to a service. We were in that old Harry Smith Lodge. And uh, anybody back in those days, any old Harry Smith Lodge people, can I hear you just a little bit? Can you let me hear you? Yeah, yeah, woo-hoo. I'm so surprised y'all are still here. It was bad. I went to the first service. We sat right there on the front row, and Pastor Jacob was so excited. And after service, he grabbed me and said, well, how was it? It was good, huh? And I said, that was the worst service I've ever been in in my life. And 20 years later, campuses everywhere, thousands of people. I can remember back in the day when we, some of you orange chair, there was, the church was about this size. And he'd say, we're going to plant a hundred churches. And I, I would whisper to Heidi, we better start planning this one first <laughs> before we worry about the other 99 and to see what God has done and to see the next generation of leaders being raised up like Scott and Kelly the future is bright way beyond our years. Can we give God all the praise for that? Amen. So our new role, Pastor Jacob called us about during COVID and said, would y'all pray about this? Let me back up a little bit. About a year ago, the Holy, year and a half ago, the Holy Spirit whispered to me. And in a prayer time, he just said, a new assignment is coming. And I go, oh no, a new assignment. I go home to Heidi and said, the, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in prayer this morning. He said, a new assignment is coming. She goes, what does that mean? I said, I don't know. I said, let's just start praying about it. Let's just keep it between us and let's just ask the Lord. If it's God, it's God. And along the way, about a year goes by and the Holy Spirit would confirm it 
a time or two for her and a time or two for me. And we'd bring that to one another. And during COVID season, Pastor Jacob called about a year into it and said, hey, I want you and Heidi to pray about something. I said, yeah, what do you got? He said, would you pray about a new assignment? I started laughing. He said, why are you laughing? I said, the Holy Spirit said to me a year ago that a new assignment was coming. What do you got? What you thinking? And he said, would you and Heidi step up and start really pastoring our pastors? Would you be Scott and Kelly's pastor? Would you speak into their staff, rotating around, speaking into the campuses? And would you be their pastor? Every pastor needs a pastor. He said, that'll give us some room to step up. And he said, if y'all will do that. And the answer has always been to the Lord. What's the right answer to the Lord? The answer is yes. You do whatever God leads you to do. And so unbeknownst to us, Pastor Nick and Rachel, many of you know their season here and went through a major depression. It was Michelle Aranza who called one day, or called Pastor Jacob, who called me and just said, why doesn't Pastor Eugene's gone through a depression season? Why don't we just send Nick and Rachel to them? They can minister to them, help them get on their feet. We didn't know that we were, we're not the smart, trust me, that we're raising them up. We get to raise up our own replacement. And when Pastor Nick and Rachel came and visited us, we knew there was a new assignment coming. Nobody knew but me, Heidi, Holy Spirit, and Pastor Jacob and Michelle. And Pastor Nick and Rachel come and sit on our couch. And they go, Pastor Nick goes, I'm 42. I want to pastor a church. Do you think I'll ever pastor a church again? Maybe, maybe we're supposed to go start something. I'm getting 42. If I'm going to do something, I need to do it now. I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> You're getting old. And then I said, would y'all pray about this? Would y'all pray about taking this campus, Opelousas? And so today they'll be preaching there and just the wisdom of God. Isn't that amazing how God knows you better than you know you? There's a, there's a message in that, and that's not the message today. But the message is you can trust him. He knows every detail of your life. He is the alpha and the omega. He sees the beginning and the end, and he's 12 moves ahead of you. And you're going, I don't know about tomorrow. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Do you have enough for today? Just be at peace today. Are you here today? Are you at peace today? Then you ought to give God all the praise. Amen? Come on, let's do it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Joseph. And uh, I'm so excited to teach, uh, teach, preach today. Y'all have the world's greatest teacher here. So how am I going to compare to that? Does he ever drop his water bottle? He does? Okay. I just, he, has he ever dropped his water bottle? Golly, I got big shoes to fill today. One of the greatest theologians in the world teaches you every Sunday. What am I going to do? I've decided to make you laugh. How about that? Somebody once said, hey, uh, I think it was Don Norman said, hey, which one would you lose if you were good looking, funny, and smart? Which one of those attributes would you lose? And I said, that's tough because I'm all three. And I said, definitely smart. I would lose smart because I'll just call Dr. Scott. He'll give me the answer. And so I want to talk to you. Actually, this was birthed about 15 years ago. Heidi and I were in Leeds, England with Pastor Jacob and Michelle at a women's conference. That's right. Pastor Jacob and I went to a women's conference. 
And we were there, and we went to their hotel room one night. We were just visiting, and Pastor Jacob and Michelle looked at both Heidi and I and said, we want to challenge you. We want to challenge you, Heidi. We think you need to start writing books for the women. And she said, okay. It was always in her heart to write. She just needed the encouragement. She needed someone to pour in some courage. And of course, we were walking in today and ladies are grabbing her going, we're doing the redemption study now. Heidi's written two books since that very day and there's a few more in her. And then Pastor Jacob Michelle looked at me and said, and we want you to write a book on honor. You are a man of honor and you need to write it. The body of Christ needs to hear it. How many of you have gotten my book on honor? (laughs) You know why? Because I'm lazy. (laughs) Because I haven't written it. And when Pastor Jacob said, I want you to think about this new assignment, one of the first things that came out of my mouth was it'll give me some margin to finally, 15 years later, obey the Lord and write the book on honor. So if I could, if I could just do a little seed, if I could just water today and just talk about the subject of honor, it's something that's missing. It's missing in our culture. There is no honor anymore. In fact, the only people that you honor are those who think like you and act like you and believe like you, which is not the test of honor. The test of honor is when people don't look like you, act like you, think like you, speak like you. Can we honor? Thank you for you three of you. Okay, all right. (laughs) Rest of you, let's close in prayer right now. Father, we thank you. So I want to talk to you about that subject. And if we can, I'll just put a working definition on the board. Because if we're going to recapture honor, if you go, we've lost honor in our culture, simply means that we've lost honor in the church because the church is supposed to be setting the culture, at least speaking to the culture, shining light to the culture. Instead, the culture is shining its darkness into the church and we begin to act just like the world acts. And so I want to talk to you about honor. I think you'll see the principle all the way from Genesis to Revelation. God was serious about it. And I want to talk to you about it. In fact, if I could put a working definition just so we'll have some place to start. And I'm just wetting your appetite so you'll buy my book and I'll become rich. (laughs) At least I'm honest about it. To honor means to esteem, to treat another with respect because of who they are or what they've done. What they've done, it's easy to honor people who've done something for you to honor them, but sometimes you have to honor people who are just who they are. And that's different, isn't it? Just who they are. They've done nothing from you. By the way, you don't have to respect someone to honor them. Respect is earned or lost, but not honor. Honor is just given. Today, no matter what political party you belong to, if the president of the United States walked in, surely you would honor the office of which they hold. It's called honor. And I want to show you, I want to take you to a story that I think best describes, and again, honor is found throughout Scripture. You can read it from Genesis to Revelation. In fact, as you read, and maybe even today, as you read, you'll go, there's honor again. I see it. It's almost in every story on every page. And I want to take to you one of the famous, I'm going to take you to the book of 2 Kings chapter 8, and we're going to talk about a famous story of the Shunammite woman. Everybody say Shunammite. Yeah, Shunam is where she's from. And uh, let me just translate Shunam, what Shunam is. Shunam is not a destination stop. 
It's not a place that you vacation. It's not a destined Florida. It is an Opelousas, Louisiana. It is a travel stop. You just stop there because you need to use the bathroom. You just stop there because you're out of gas or because Billy's Boudin is there. It's the only reason why you stop in Shunem. In fact, it's a place that it's part of the traveling, uh, part of the, 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 the road that Elijah the prophet is going to pass in and out of Shunem often as his ministry continues to flourish. And we'll pick up the story there. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem, and a wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home, and if it's highlighted, is it, yep, for a meal. In Opelousas, I trained them that when it's highlighted, I'll pause just for a second, and then they'll say it out loud. Can we just practice real quick? And she urged him to come to her home for a meal. Very good. Y'all are a lot smarter. It took weeks for Opelousas to get this. Came to her home for a meal. And after that, whenever he passed that way, he would, yeah, there we go. You're slow. 11 o'clock is going to get it like that. He would stop. He would stop there for something to eat. Now, normally we would just pass through that, but I want to show you something about honor. In fact, if I was giving you a principle about honor, I want, if you miss it all, just get this one. Honor always attracts. If you want something close to you, honor it. Whatever you honor, you attract. Here comes Shunem, here comes the prophet, he's coming, or here comes Elijah, he's going through a town, there's a woman there, she wants him to stop, she wants to get his attention, maybe she has a prayer request, maybe she needs a word, he's a prophet, maybe, and then she decides, instead of asking him for something, she's going to give him something. Whatever you honor, you'll attract closer to you. Jesus would say, hey, if I be lifted up, I draw all men to myself. If you come closer to God, God will come closer to you. Whatever you honor, you attract. Let's go on to verse number nine. She said to her husband, I am sure that this man, Elijah, who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. He is the real deal. And she goes, let's build a small room for him on the roof and let's furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, then he will have a Ah, uh, yeah, whenever he comes by. She wasn't satisfied with the visitation. She wanted him to have a habitation, a place that he would stay with her. I don't know if any of you have ever remodeled anything at your home. Heidi and I did. We remodeled and... When we lived here in Lafayette, we decided we were going to remodel. We've never remodeled anything. We've never built anything. We decided we were going to do that. How many of you know remodeling always costs you more than what you think it's going to cost you? Oh, we had Amantha Sifton. Where is she? Is she here today? Because I got a bone to pick with Amantha, for those who know her. Oh, no. So she came in and said, this is what we got to do. And then, and then her and Heidi would team up on me. I gave them a budget. Here's the budget. And then they would say, here's what the new room's going to look like. And then they would come back and say, oh, but if we change the floors in that room, then we got to change the floors in this room because that's not going to match. 
And then if we paint the new room, then the, 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 the color in the old room doesn't quite look because I think it was two different kinds of paint. So now we got to paint the entire house. How many of y'all men track it with me? Can I just get this off my chest just for a moment? And then you just, you just keep going on. They go through the remodel project. They're going to create some room so when he comes by, he doesn't just have to come by for gumbo. Now he can stay. The more she gets to know him, the more she wants to do. Look at me, honor is not something that you just one time. Honor is, she's starting to live a life of honor. I, I, I wanna get a place that he can stay here whenever he comes by. I, I, I don't, I don't wanna honor once, I wanna live a life of honor. I'm gonna create this place for him to come from visitation to a place of habitation. And one day Elisha returned to shoot him. And he went up into his upper room to rest. And he said to his servant Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. And when she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the. Can you translate what that really means? The honor. We appreciate the honor you have shown us. What can we do for you. Okay, just look at me right here because I want you to get this revelation. In whatever way you honor God, you will never out-honor him. When you honor God, he will always honor you. He is a debtor to no man. Anything you give away to God, you think you gave it to God, it will always come back to you in some other form or fashion. He will never let you outgive him or out-honor him. Somebody just got that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I worked all day on that. I called Pastor Scott and made sure it was true. Watch, watch, what, he said. watch what happens. I appreciate the kind concern. Now, we want to do something for you. I was just wondering, has God ever asked you that question? Elijah represents God in this story. Have you ever heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit say, what can I do for you? No, most of the time we're making our request. He already knows what he can do for you. Instead of doing, we needing something from God, here she keeps giving something to God, and now she's starting to honor, honor the man of God. The more she honors, and now all of a sudden the, the scales began to tip. It's no longer about her, it's about him. And now the till and now you've got the, the one who represents God now coming saying, You've done enough. I want to do something for you now. I'll talk to you in just a moment. Stay right there. No, she replied, they asked, can we put a good word in you to, to the king or to the commander of the army? Is there something that we can do on your behalf? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Honor would fall under the same biblical principle of sowing and reaping. The scripture says, whatever a man sows, he shall also Reap. Honor falls under it. Whenever a man sows, he'll also reap. You will not out honor God. And some of us, can I just be honest with you? I know some of you. You have stopped honoring in a field because you haven't seen it come back to you. Can I tell you something about the kingdom of God? 
The kingdom of God is like this. You sow in one field, but you reap in other fields. It's not always about I sowed in my husband. I expect to reap in my husband. Sometimes it comes back to you in other ways, but whatever you sow, do you believe that? No, no, Midtown, do you believe whatever a man sows, he shall also reap? If you sow honor, you're going to reap honor. In fact, I'll give you an example. In fact, when Jesus was even, doing, even sending out his disciples two by two, he said, when you go to a city, you go to a house, speak your blessing over it, and if they reject you, just walk out, shake the dust off of your feet, and then go to the next house and speak the same blessing over it. In other words, most of us stop because we got rejected instead of just going to find the place where honor is received. Are y'all tracking with me? That was free, by the way. Watch this. Verse 14. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have, she doesn't have a son. And her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year, at this time, you'll be holding a son in your arms. Oh, no, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me. Don't get me and my hopes up like that. Question, is there any barren place in your life that you haven't seen what you hope to see and that it wouldn't even come out of your mouth if Jesus showed up in your room and asked you, what can I do for you? Don't get my hopes up. You ever got your hopes up? You ever got disappointed? I've been disappointed. I know Heidi's been disappointed. She's married to me. <laughs> Watch this. Honor opened up a room, and a room opened up her womb. All her needs were met. She stated that before, but her greatest was desire was not, and it was to have a baby. And y'all know what happens, right? The scripture tells us, but sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elijah had said. And when the child was older, grows up, he comes in one day, he's working with his daddy out in the field. He comes in complaining of a headache. I'll just tell you the story. She lays him in, and she comes with it. She lays him in her lap, caressing him, tying him, as they would say in South Louisiana. Y'all know no one says that anywhere else but here. <laughs> Tata. Uh, we're from Texas. We, we've learned the language. She tatan her baby. It's her only son, her one and only son. And he dies in her arms. He dies. The one greatest desire. So she takes him upstairs. She doesn't lay him in his bed. She doesn't lay him in her bed. She takes him upstairs to the habitation, the room, to lay him in Elisha's bed. And then she gets up on a mount and travels to Mount Carmel, about 20 miles away, a day's journey to go see the man of God. And she gets there, 
and she pours her heart out to Elisha that the son that you promised me is now dead and I need you to go back with me to pray for him. I love Elisha. He's like a busy pastor. Elisha says, well, here's what we're going to do. Gehazi, here's what I want you to do. Take my staff, take my stick, go on back to the house, lay the stick on the boy and pray for him. And she goes, I love this woman. Ain't going to happen. Uh-uh, we ain't doing that. That ain't the plan. Here's the plan. I traveled 20 miles to see you. I'm not leaving here until you're ready to go back with me. I come for you to go back with me. Here's a principle of honor. You ready? The more you honor, the more you can ask. Look at me. Some of our prayers fall because we're over asking to the level that we've honored. We haven't honored. You know what I'm talking about. I'll tell you, you've, you've experienced this. How many of y'all got that third cousin that you ain't seen in 15 years? The last time you saw him was at your great, great grandma mama's funeral. And you said to him, come see us. And he said, yeah, we're going to do that. And he didn't. And you're glad. <laughs> How many of y'all got one of them? You lie, you fry, you're in church. You got one of them. And he didn't come. And then all of a sudden, he calls you out of the blue and says, hey, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I hadn't seen you in a long time. I really miss you. And you're going, why is he calling me? And then he pops the question. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah, we've gone through a real rough patch. And we've just wondered if we could borrow. Oh, here we go. If we could borrow $200. And you think, whoa, 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 whoa. He has just stepped over the line. Our relationship isn't that strong for him to ask me for $200. Anybody track it with me? Anybody ever experience it? Anybody been on the other end when you asking? Okay, all right, we're gonna pray for you. Anyway, <laughs> no, you, you, what's wrong? They're going, wait, wait, wait. They're, they're overestimating the relationship that we have. There, there hasn't been, let me tell you what you're really feeling. There hasn't been enough honor in this relationship for them to ask me for $200. Let me flip it over though. You got some people in your life that have been a person of honor to you, friendship, love, dedication, commitment to you, who made the same call and you'd say $200. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. In fact, no, I'm going to pay it back. No, you ain't paying it back. I'm going to give it to you. Is that enough? Do you need any more? What else can we do for you? It's all on the principle of honor. If it works this way, it works this way. It's the principle of honor. We haven't received it because maybe we haven't honored enough that we go, well, well why are you asking that? The more you honor, the more you can ask. Watch this. This is a great story, right? In fact, the boy's going to get up. What time do y'all stop service here? 
Whenever I'm ready. Thank you, Gerald. Yeah, the, the, you don't know the rest of the story. Gehazi, I mean, Elisha's going to go with her. She, she's honored enough to make that ask to say, no, no, I ain't leaving here unless you come with me. And he said, let's go. Of course, you know, he's going to lay down on the baby, the boy. He's going to lay down. He's going to lay down on him, like nose to nose, lip to lip, hand to hand. And he's going to pray. He's going to get up. Nothing happens. He's going to do it again. He's going he's to go the extra mile. He's going to pray again. Of course, you know, the, the baby's going to get up. The baby's going to breathe. And we go, oh, what a great story. The baby lives. But it all began with a gumbo. With honor. Whatever you honor, you attract. The more you honor, the more you can ask. And so we see this, we go, that, that'd be a great story. And I, I thought about this, I go, man, how do I honor God? We're gonna get real practical just for a moment. I know, because Dr. Scott probably gives you three points, practical, so there's a lot of pressure on me right now. <laughs> how, how do I really honor God? How, how do I honor him? I, I, and I thought of this way, my son William is about to get married, he found a wife, it's a miracle. It's a miracle, <laughs> it's a bona fide miracle. And she's amazing. We, we won the lottery. I talked to her father and said, I am so sorry. We won. I, we must have really honored God, is all I can say. If, if I had one last message, if today was my last message, I thought about that. If I had one more opportunity with William, if it's like, son, Mom and I are going to be with Jesus. It could happen today, right? It could. I hope it doesn't. But if it did, you could say, listen to the tape. He knew it was his last message. It just, it was fate. There's the Lord. The Lord called him. I'm not concerned about it, right? Because we're going to heaven. Thank you. Thank you, sister. One believes I am a man of God. Rest of you. Watch this. And if I, here's what I'd say to William. William, just be a man who prays. Amen. Just, be, just pray. And, and I know we're all different personalities and it works different. Heidi is disciplined and regimented and she's going to do how she does it. Like, and I, I started, the formation years, we, we started like, okay, using ACTS as an, what do they call it, acronym, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and that's how I started learning how to pray, or going through the Lord's Prayer and using it as an example, you know, start with worship, oh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, then it'd go down to, uh, what's, what's the next part? Um, come on, former Catholics, help me out. <laughs> Y'all know this by heart, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Give us this day. We'll pray for my need. Forgive those who trespass against me. And you use it as a deal. And I used all those. Like, you know, we, we grew up, if you don't pray for one hour, you're not even fit for the kingdom of God. You can't even stand on this pulpit if you have not prayed for one hour. That's how we grew up, right? That's how, that's how it was. Like, you, you, can we say suck here? I don't know. Opelousas, we can say it. Is it? Oh, I get a hand clap on suck. But anything else? <laughs> Honor, nothing. 
Are y'all tracking with me? So, and, and so, and I did all those little formation years. Heidi does that. She, she's regimented. I mean, you always see her, same place, same thing. And I go, God, I just, this is so hard. I go, okay, Lord, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start talking to you all day. How about that? Yeah. I'm just going to, all day. I'm just going to, you, you going to do that? I don't know if y'all do that with your husbands and wives, but you should. You should check in all the time. Like, we're always checking in. She's texting, I'm just checking in. <laughs> hey, baby, what are you doing? Nothing, I'm just checking in. How's your day going? That's good. It's good. Okay, what's for supper? Is this, you coming home for supper, right? Because this is what we're having for supper. Yeah, I'll be home. That we just check in all day. And I said, Lord, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to talk to you all day. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to start talking to you. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to start talking to you. And then I'm just going to check in. I'm going to go to a meeting. I'm going to come out of the meeting. I'm going to check in with you. And I'm going to check in after that. I'm just going to keep checking in because I'm just going to keep, I just want to be with you. I just want to keep checking in. William, listen to me. Be a man of prayer because it honors God when you pray. It, it just honors him. It always honors me as a father when my children come and say, Dad, can you help me? It's always an honor because they think I can help them. Usually I say, go check with your mom. But anyway, it's always an honor when you pray. Then I say, William, now listen to me. I don't only want you to pray. I want you to be a man of praise. We would call it gratitude, thanksgiving. When the kids were little, we used to teach them. When somebody gave them something, we'd say, what do you say? What do you say? And go, I don't know. No, what do you say? You say, thank you. Thank you? Yeah, yeah, good, good boy, good girl, good girl, thank you. Thank you, you say, thank you. You, you, you show gratitude for what people do for you. We would tell them when they were little, and they still go, I know, Dad. They're adults now. They're getting married. They're going, what? I know, gratitude is a small price to pay for the blessings of God. I go, that's exactly right. Finally, to be thankful, to be grateful. You know, gratitude is the shortest emotion. Because it's almost like checking the box, right? Somebody does something for you, and you just say, hell, I just want to say thank you for that. You check the box, and the emotion is over. Why do you, why do you think enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart, enter his courts with enter it with praise? Do you think there's a reason why every Sunday, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do the same thing every Sunday. You know that? Every Sunday, Joseph is going to be up here going, come on, everybody, let's just worship the Lord. I don't know, however he says it. We're just following the practice of going, no, I'm going to express my gratitude and thanksgiving. And by the way, can I tell you something? Gratitude is not really gratitude unless it's expressed. You can be thankful in your heart, but it has to come out of your mouth. It says, let the fruit of your lips give him Praise. We, you know, when you're pastors, and I'm sure Dr. Scott and Kelly face the same thing, graduation seasons are coming up, and we get all the announcements. Every young person in our church is going to send us a graduation announcement. 
they do not care whether we show up to their graduation. They just want something. What they want. They just want cheddar. Just, just show me the money. That's all they want. Basically, they're shaking us down is what they're doing. They're just shaking us down. They are sending it going, <laughs> Pastor balling. He going to send me something. By the way, we are not balling. I've bawled before, but not that kind of bawling. And so, so you, you, you send it. And Heidi, Heidi's, she's on it. She's gonna, they better express their gratitude. They had better write a thank you note. If I don't get a thank you note from them, let me tell you something. Good parenting, good parenting would make sure they write a thank you note. It's true, isn't it, love? You, you, every, every, every year she does this. Because we always send them, every, every, every kid, we send them something. I mean, it's like, like we're broke for a month. And we send them stuff, and we go, and then Heidi just sits there and waits. <laughs> There's the mail. Bad parents. And she's done it, because some of those kids are then sent, when they go on mission trips, then they'll send uh, would you help? Would you please help me go to? And how do you go? I ain't send them nothing. They did not send a thank you letter three years ago. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not much, just a little. It's not lying if you tell the people you're exaggerating. Let me ask you this question. Did you really honor God this morning? Did you really take the moment? Oh, that's not my song. I don't like that song. I tell you what, if they play that other song, you know that, baby, what's that song I like? If they'll play that song, I will get my Thanksgiving on. Did you really honor God this morning to say thank you? I'm looking across the room, top 1% of wage earners in the world sitting right in my very face. Got, look pretty decent, most of you. Clothes on your back, gotta go home, got food in you, you got choices. You, you sitting here now thinking, what are we gonna get for lunch, baby? Because you got choices. Things are pretty all right. Gone through a pandemic. We ought to be praising God like we ain't never praised God before in our life. Just going, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Honor, honor, honor. Whatever you honor, you attract. In fact, he would say it. I inhabit the praises of my people. I'm there. It's it's. Let me, let me tell you what happens. When you pray, you knock on God's door. But when you praise, he knocks on your door. He, he comes. He just they're calling me. Gratitude, honor always attracts. Let me give you number three, William. Be a man of prayer. Be a man of praise. Be a man who pays. Pays. Oh, yeah. I, I, 
Maybe Dr. Scott will have me back one day because I'd love to talk to you about our wallets. Most of us got baptized holding that up in the air. I don't want, I don't want God to touch none of that. You want more of it, but you don't want him to be in charge of it. That don't make no sense. I'm talking to you. I said, son, make sure you honor God. He, he gave us this one test because he knew it would be the hardest. He, it would be the test of our heart if he could trust us with wealth. By the way, did you know, hey, I, if you want me to trust you with spiritual riches, and you do, then be trustworthy with the earthly riches in which he blessed you with. I'd say, William, don't you ever miss an opportunity. It goes to the Lord first. Give him first. It's, a, it's, it's cheap rent to have God working on your behalf, to be a business partner, especially in the day in which we live. You want to you make sure, wait a minute, I want to honor God in this way. And then you, you just invite him into your own finance. Let's just break following Jesus down to its simplicity. Because I think sometimes we make it too complicated, right? Just obey what he tells you. It's not that. Read the Bible. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm going to start obeying that. Read the Bible. Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to stop that. I'm reading. Uh, Dr. Scott preaches on Sunday. Oh, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Lord, forgive me for that. I, I, I'm going to start now applying that word to my life. Can I just tell you, I still get convicted sitting in services there's some always something that he's working on in all of us you're not a finished product yet you do realize that he's chipping away trying to make you look and act and think and feel more like his son and he's still working on us honor honor watch this you get oh by the way i forgot something no, I'm there. I'm there. I'm still there. Boy, the next service is going to be good. <laughs> Do whatever. Quickly, because you love him. And look, this would be a great story, right? Let me, let me just give you the end of it. Real quick. It'd be great if that was the end of the story. The boy lives! Yay! Watch what happens. Second Kings. I'm going to skip over a few chapters because the story continues in chapter 8, verses 1. Elisha told the woman whose son he had brought back to life, take your family and move to some other place for the Lord has called for a famine on Israel that will last for seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. She took her family and she settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. Wow. In other words, she got access when nobody else had access. She got the word from the Lord when nobody else had the word from the Lord. She was one of the first to know what was about to come on Israel. Anybody ever been through a pandemic before? Wouldn't it be great to know before it ever came? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to give you some revelation about what's coming so that you can make, not to scare you, but to prepare you. Look at me right here, right here. 
Revelation is now a premium in the world in which we live. Are you kidding me? Wouldn't it be great to know what God is up to and doing and that you're hearing the whisper of the Holy Spirit like you've never heard before in your life? To need it now like you've never needed him before. To go, Lord, what do we need to do on this? And now, so honor, remember this started with a gumbo. Then it went to a room. And now she's got access. Honor, when you give God access, he'll give you access. It's called honor. And after the famine ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to see the king about getting back her house and land. Watch this. She's going to go see the king. It was in these days that if you vacated a property for a certain amount of time, then all of that property went to the state or the nation. And so they had, what do they call it? Confiscated her farm. And she's coming back and she's going to go see the king about getting her house and land. And as she came in, the king was talking with Gehazi. What? The king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. The king had just said, tell me some stories about the great things that Elisha has done. And Gehazi said, well, one, let me tell you something. One time, and he starts telling the king about the time Elisha had brought a boy back to life. At that very moment, the mother of the boy walked into the room to make her appeal to the king about her house and land. Look, my lord, the king, Gehazi exclaimed, here is the woman now. And this is her son, the very one Elisha brought back to life. Is this true? The king asked her. And she told him the story how he was directed one of the officials to see that everything she had lost. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Everything that she, while she was away and her, her field kept producing the food, they were making money off of her. And he said, not only are we going to give her the land back, but we're going to give her the seven years of wages that was lost during the time. We're going to restore every, and it started with a gumbo. Honor. Whatever you honor, you attract. God never does it. He never, he, he always does it first. You, you don't even know that. Adam and Eve. Oh, you know, be fruitful, multiply. But that's not what the scripture says. It says he creates Adam and Eve and then he blesses them honors them, blesses them. Then he tells you to be fruitful and multiply. For God so loved the world, New Testament, that he sent his only son to be a blessing to you before he ever expects anything back. Honor. Can I tell you that honor built this house? And honor will be needed for the future. 
that we would be people of honor. It'll even attract your enemies. Jesus said, even your enemies, bless them. Bless those who curse you. Honor them. Y'all got time for one quick story? When we were started in Appaloosa, the church really began to grow really fast. There was a pastor in town that was very, very mad at me. He was my arch enemy. In fact, he wrote a letter to Pastor Jacob and to myself that if we did not cease and desist, I'm looking at an attorney, cease and desist our, uh, what do they call that practice? Proselytizing practice of taking members from their church that he would spend the rest of his days uncovering our wickedness. Welcome to Avaluzas. I went to a meeting in town and all the pastors were there. And this young man who's in town, who's just an incredible blessing, who has a ministry there in town that we support to young people, uh, he was leading the meeting. And he stands up at the end and goes, hey, I got an, an idea. I want, I want our pastors, I want, we got to really work together in this town. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pair y'all up pastor to pastor so that y'all can go to lunch and get to know each other. And all the pastors are like, great, great. Y'all know what happened, right? <laughs> well, what happened was, <laughs> so he pairs up two, and then the Catholic goes with the, this guy, and then this one goes with this one, 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 he gets down to me. There's only two left, me and him. <laughs> so after the meeting, he comes over and goes, well, I guess we need to go to lunch. I said, that'll be great. We got our schedules and did it. And I knew what he was, I knew. He knew what I knew. I could tell he was not happy. So I show up and we sit down. Hey, pastor. Hey. I said, I got some things to tell you. Well, I got some things to tell you too. I said, can I please go first? Absolutely. You have been working the ground for 20 years in this community. Back in the day, I could only imagine what it was like you being a non-Catholic church in a Catholic community. And man, the toil, the labor, the planting, the sowing. And I know that someone like me walks into town and things seem to be really blowing up. I want you to know that I'm not foolish enough to know, to think that that's because of me. It's because there's been men like you in this town who've been planting, sowing in the heat of the day. And if that you weren't doing that, then what has happening would not be happening. And I wanna say thank you because I want you to consider that just as much as your work as it is my work because you've done most of the hard labor and the heavy lifting and I just want to honor you. His head drops and he goes, well, I'm not mad anymore. I was mad, but I'm not mad anymore. And I just thank God and just praise God. And he goes, can you help me? And I said, well, sure. What do you need? He goes, how, how do I reach people of different colors? And I said, you, you really want to know that? 
because this is a deep, dark secret. I said, you really want to know that? Go meet a person of a different color skin and become their friend. That's where you start. Honor. Just be a friend. You can't have a multiracial church if you're not going to be a multiracial life. It doesn't work that way. It's called honor. Husbands, honor your wives. Wives, honor your husbands. Children, honor your parents. It'll go well with you. It doesn't matter how old you get because we all got them. I still got them. They drive me crazy. They like the kids now. I'm like the parent. It used to be I had to honor them. And, you know, and they had to not provoke me. That's what the scripture says. Don't provoke your children. Which really, don't honor your kids too. Don't, don't do that. Now it's switched. Now I should stop provoking them and they need to start honoring me because I'm like the parent now. It's all honor. Do you receive this word today? Do you receive it today? Would you just lift your hands, Father? I pray, Father, over this congregation. This is just a seed of a word, the word. I pray, Father, that it would make fertile, fall on fertile ground in the hearts of men. That honor when we walk out here, that's not just up, that's not just beside me. It's those who maybe work for me to honor them. And Father, may we recapture the very essence the very principle, the essence to honor you. You said the greatest commandment was to love your, the Father, to honor the Father, and to love my neighbor, to honor my neighbor. Most of us don't even know our neighbor's names. Forgive us, Father. May we recapture the heart of honor in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here today and you're far from Jesus. I know we walk in, we're all walking in. We're all on different portions of the journey and different seasons of our journey. And maybe today you walked into this church, you didn't even expect to be here today. You came because someone invited you to come. Maybe you're here today and you're far from God. You know it. In fact, you already know it in your heart. The Bible would call it, you're lost. Man, I just wish meaning of life and I could be found. I, I just, Jesus said you can't enter the kingdom or you can't see the kingdom until you've been born again. Nothing really makes sense. And Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live again. And maybe that's even what you've said. I feel like I'm just dead on the inside. His Holy Spirit is here. He loves you and he's not mad at you. And he'll forgive you of everything you've ever done. He'll let you start over. He'll let you be born again. Yo, Pastor, you, how do I do it? It's as easy as A, B, and C. A, admit you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all broken the, the rules, the book. We've broken them, and we're guilty of sin. Just admit it. B, believe that Jesus came to be the sin bearer, the penalty payer, to take your sin, your guilt, and your shame. He was perfect. He never sinned and died on a cross to pay for the sins of mankind. That's mine and that's yours. 
And then C, confess him as the Lord of your life. Just invite him, be my Lord, be my master, and he'll save you. If that's you today, I wanna pray for you. No one's looking but me. Say, Pastor Eddie, today I wanna be born again. I'm gonna pray with you and for you. Would you just lift your hand up high all over the room right now? Hold up high just for a second. Thank you, thank you, I see it, thank you. Thank you, I see your hands. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? Would you say this out loud with me? Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me, so I wouldn't have to go, and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. Now let's declare it. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise? Yeah.